Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. Please follow in the reading of the Word of God. For this reason, I too, having heard your faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all of the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ, which he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, I pray that even as the Apostle Paul prayed here, that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelations in the knowledge of him. Father, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be opened and enlightened, and we would understand the hope of his calling. Father, help us to learn today, help us to be overwhelmed today, and help us to realize the treasure of being a child of the living God. Father, we look forward to serving our Father in heaven until that day our faith becomes sight. May we run with endurance, not entangled with the things of this world, but pressing on to the upward calling of Christ. We thank you. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. We have been going through this, our resources in Christ. It's really amazing because he starts it off, he praises believers. He praises believers. And, you know, you you think about our prayers today, how many times do we praise anything? I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, if you think about the average prayer of the average Christian... You know, it says we are to bless God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's fine. It just means to speak well of. And, okay. But how many times are we lacking in that? Paul starts his prayer off with, I praise God for you. And then he gets specific. Why? Because of their faith in the Lord Jesus their faith in the Lord Jesus. The second thing that he praises them for is their love for all of the saints. And if you really think about it, there are no two other things that are really worth the trouble but those two things. And that that's kind of what we're looking at. Okay, but what happens is, is that he moves from the praising side. Now he moves to the petition. He thanked God for these people. But now he goes to a petition. Okay? 
What's he praying for? Verse 17 says that they would be enlightened. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelations in the knowledge of him. Okay? He's praying that they understand what their riches are in Christ. Okay? We just went through it. Verse 3 through 14 is one sentence. But if you go back through an accursory reading of that text, that will numb your brain. And the Apostle Paul says, I have given you truth. Now I'm going to pray that you get a handle on it. Okay? I was reading a thing by Warren Wiersbe. And I thought it was fascinating because I I see it so much in, in my daily dealings with Christians, leaders, and, and lay people or whatever, I see it a lot that they don't understand. I, I've had, I told you that one of the things that is in the church right now is everybody knows what the practice is, but very few know the position. All right. And, you know, I get a lot of people say, well, I know what my position is. I struggle with the practice. And I just look at him and says, then you don't know what your position is. Because my practice will come out of my position. All right? Warren Wiersbe was writing this, and it was about William Randolph Hearst. Okay? I don't know if you know who he is, but at the time of his life, no one on the planet Earth had more money than him. Okay? He was in newspapers and a few other odds and ends. Okay. He was rich. He was rich. If you take the cost of living at the time of William Randolph Hearst and compare it to today, he would dwarf some of these guys today. I mean, they talk about what's his name of Microsoft and uh, what's his name of Amazon and how much they're worth. William Randolph Hearst would dwarf that because of the cost of living. Anyway, William Randolph Hearst began investing in works of art, great, phenomenal works of art. And he invested a fortune. And he would gather art, pieces of art, from all over the world. Okay? And he was, it was an obsession. He had so many works of art that he had to buy a warehouse to store them all in. All right, that's how much he had. He was reading an art publication, and he looked down at it and had a picture and a description of this painting. And they described it, it was like one of three works that this artist had ever done. And they had a picture of it. Nobody knew where it was. No museum had it, no no, nobody knew where it was. And when he saw that and he heard that, it was almost like a challenge. He knew that he had to go get that one. All right? And he didn't care what the time or the cost, but he was going to own that painting. He began hiring people worldwide 
to search for this picture. After almost a year of searching globally, had no luck. And then it was concluded that this piece of art was probably destroyed. About six more months went by, and one of his employees announced that he had found it. He said, I found it. Her response was, what is the cost and where is it? The employee said, it's in your warehouse. See, he was searching for what he possessed. How many in Christendom right now are searching for what they possess? Okay. Paul here is praying. Lord, deliver these Christians from searching what they already possess. Give them the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and the knowledge of him. Okay? So they will know what is theirs and will be able to use it in living of their lives. How many Christians do you know are living their life in their own abilities? Let me, let's really be honest with each other. Every one of us in this room spend a lot of time messing around, chasing stuff we've already got. And we're all guilty of it. You think I'm pulling your leg. Really? I'll give you just a handful of examples that I wrote off the top of my head. Lord, guide me. He pleads that you follow him. Lord, give me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I need love. The love of Christ has been shed in your heart. Lord, I need grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Lord, I need peace. My peace that surpasses understanding. And yet we still chase it. We still chase it. And he's like, you big dummy, you got it. No different than Randolph Hearst spending a year and a half looking around for a painting that he already owned. Too many are begging for what they already have. I am told that if I want to ask him for something, I am to ask for one thing. Ask for wisdom if I lack it. And if you look at that, it comes out of the letter James wrote. That letter deals with trials and tribulations. 
And I don't know if you've ever been in a trial or a tribulation, but there are times when you're in it, you don't understand why. I mean, a lot of times we're in a trial or tribulation because we stepped into it. Okay. But there are sometimes things just blindside us and you're in it and you're trying to figure out why. My friend is nearing death and I'm trying to figure out why did I get involved with this? And <laughs> I, 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 I just know that I'm, I'm there and I'm supposed to be there and and I just keep looking at him and saying, I don't know why. I have started praying that, Lord, show me that his salvation is real. Just show me. Make me comfort in that. Okay? If I lack wisdom, I am to ask. That is a trial and tribulation. It's one of the most heartbreaking things that I've ever had to do. I've many, 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 many times have what they call... Uh, the end of life conversation. What do you want me to do with your carcass? Okay. This one here was the hardest. I mean, I've known this kid since he was in the fourth grade. Okay. And then to think everything that he did was intentional. I mean, he drank himself to death. Just, you can't sugarcoat it. And what I have learned is that when you pray for wisdom, when you pray for wisdom, wisdom is the sense not to keep asking for what I already have. You think about that. Here's Paul's point. He just went through verses 3 through 14, and he said, God, after he got done writing it, he knew he had to pray. God, the human mind cannot conceive of the riches of our position in Christ. We don't have that ability. So please, please, God, grant to them this understanding. Listen, only the Spirit of God can search the deep things and reveal them to us. You don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. Such understanding is beyond the human mind. You read verses 3 through 14, and that is beyond our understanding. I was chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world? God must make us able. Okay? At verse 17 again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. In that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory. Why? We are in Christ. If we are in Christ, then he is our God too. All right? The phrase there, you see, Father of glory. 
The one who possesses all things. You know what that means, right? Therefore, all glory is his. All glory. That God, Paul prays, that that God, the Father of glory, that he will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That one. Let's tear this in apart. You see there, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Okay, there is no article before spirit there. All right. So the question arises, is this the Holy Spirit? Again, you missed your position. Romans 8, verse 9. Every Christian already has the Spirit. So it's not the Holy Spirit. It is a Spirit. A Spirit. We didn't need to ask Him for the Holy Spirit. You have Him. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, Romans 8, 9. If you have the Spirit, you're in Him. If you don't, guess what? You don't belong to Him. All right? So it can't be the Spirit. All right? So other people come along and says, well, it would be the human Spirit. And you know what? That is more absurd than it being the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you something about the human spirit. How does it do with wisdom and revelation? That's what got us into this mess. Is our spirit says, I can be like God. If you eat of this, you will know as God knows. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. It can't be the human spirit. Okay? Alright, the word is pneuma. It's the word that we get pneumatic from. It's the word we get pneumonia from. Alright? It literally can be breathe, breath, or air. Okay? I think what he's trying to tell us right here, I think it's an attitude. Okay? The attitude which governs the soul of someone. That spirit. It doesn't have to be the Holy Spirit or the human spirit. It is an attitude. Well, how can you say that? I thought you would never ask. Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It wasn't blessed are those in the Holy Spirit. Okay? You're not poor. Okay? That is an attitude. 
Blessed is the one whose attitude is that of humility. Humble people are blessed. Listen, if you see someone who's sad, you say their spirit is sad. You see someone in an intense sporting event, it is a spirited event. You see people who have high spirits. Listen, it's attitude. It's an influence in our thinking. An influence in our thinking. Paul's prayer. Give them the fullness of an attitude of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay? Oh God, let them know in their minds how much they possess in Christ. All right? Give them a strong, deep, full understanding. You know what? You could say that the Holy Spirit and the human spirit are implied here because that's where that attitude is going to come from. But Paul's praying specifically that these people that he just gave verses 3 through 14 to, their attitude is that of wisdom and revelation in him. God sent the Holy Spirit to work on the human spirit to create the right spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says it's all a work of the Spirit. Only the Spirit can search the deep things of God. Okay? So, now that we understand that it is an attitude, we need to look at what is He's wanting this attitude. Give them a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Okay? The word revelation deals with imparting of knowledge. Reveal this so that they have the knowledge. Okay? Wisdom deals with the use of that knowledge. The Holy Spirit works on the human spirit to produce the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that they will know their position. And the resources. Once you know your position. Of your resources. And your position. Guess what? That's when you can use them. Remember I shared with you. When we were going through last summer. Discipleship. Okay. And he called his disciples. And after he taught them. What did he call them? Apostles. Apostles, send out messengers, heralds for the king. But you know what? They had to be trained first. They had to know first. Pray that the believer will have the full depth of knowledge of God. Now, I want to be very clear on this. This is not intellectual. 
Okay? I know a whole bunch of people right now who have an intellectual understanding of God. And I got to be honest with you. It is absolutely useless. It is absolutely useless. They can give you facts and facts and facts and quotes and quotes and quotes and facts and facts and facts. And it's for no apparent reason. So when you think about the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, you need to understand that that is an attitude that says based on this knowledge, this is how I will use it. You have to have the knowledge first. Told you about my bumper sticker. I have common sense. What's your superpower? Okay. Let me tell you something. There's too many people in the church right now who have jettisoned common sense. You can't go out and teach something if you don't have any idea what it is. I have heard some people preach and teach, and I got up and walked out because they weren't convinced of what they were saying. And I think that if you're going to be that way, please be quiet. Please be quiet. That's useless. It's a clanging symbol. Pray that the believer will have full, deep knowledge of God. It is far deeper than intellectual. It is the fabric of the being. The fabric of the being. The Christian life is based on what you know. You cannot live the Christian life if you don't know what it is. That's why you see so many people out there today who are running around and they've got the practice. And all they do is make people miserable. But they don't understand the position. And Paul says, I know that the only way they're going to get this is that if God, the Holy Spirit, working on the human soul, will give them an attitude of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Listen. It has to be revealed in your heart before you can use it as wisdom. Listen, it isn't a matter of saying, well, Terry said, or I heard Alistair Begg said, or I heard John Piper say, or I heard... That don't work. The key is, what did Jesus say? And there's too many of us today who are not even interested. I'll just repeat what somebody else just said. Common sense. You must receive it before you can use it. Okay? That's why I don't understand. Listen, I learned a long time ago. I don't understand why the church doesn't read their Bible. That's the most befuddling thing that I've ever seen in my life. That's sort of like going, taking an algebra class without having a book. Okay, listen, you show me 
someone with a worn out Bible. I'll show you someone who's not. I mean, let's see if I can make this as simple as I can. Paul is praying that we would have a divine mind. That's why Colossians, when Paul wrote the letter to the Colossians, set our minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. It's an interesting thought if you think about it. Here's what I want you to see. Paul. He understood, I have given them the facts. I pray that they would understand. Imparting truth. And the use of it, and it has to be based on the knowledge of him. You see what makes me move? People, why do I do what I do? Really? I give truth, and then when I get done here, you guys go do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to go back in there and pray. I've been doing this for 23 years. That God, I hope they heard that. And I hope they understand. Because you know what I've learned? You're responsible for what you heard. I can't make you do it. If you hear it, And it rolls off your back. You'll have to stand in front of him and explain to him why. I gave the facts and I pray for them that they would understand it. I mean, do you know him? I mean, like Adam knew Eve. Do you know him that way? Is there an intimacy between you and the God of creation? Do you know him? And you have to have an attitude of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, the wisdom of God's heart And mind. That's what we're talking. In the knowledge of him. It means I know his heart. And his mind. God guide me. No follow him. God give me peace. Well the peace of God. Is already there. I, I I need grace. I remember this kid that used to ask me, he said, I just need you to pray that I get more grace. I need more grace. I need more grace. And I was like, his grace is sufficient. Okay, now, there are three things that the Apostle Paul in his petition wants us to grasp. If you look at your outline, it says our resources in Christ. Part one, those three things, part two. And we begin that adventure next Sunday. Okay? Position, 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 which is completely different than location, location, location. Okay?
Position, position, position. I have to get that firm. Each one of you have to have that. And once that's firm, stand back. Stand back. Your world is going to change. I guarantee it. Father, help us. Help us to understand what we possess because we are in Christ. We are in His body. The body of believers, which is the body of Christ, here to represent you in a lost and dying world. Help us, Father. Help us to have this spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Overwhelm us with this information. Make us drown in the depths of your mind, in the depths of your heart, that we know that we have been called by you and you alone. Help us, Father, that our eyes of our hearts may be enlightened. We love you. Father, I thank you for my brother Paul. I thank you for this text. Father, I pray that the body of Christ will thrive on it. In Christ's name, amen.